Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts and I'm here with Wynne Morgan. How are you, Wynne? I'm very well. Thanks, Kate. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good. It's still one day there will not be a little laugh after I ask you that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I think it's happened once so far in about 110 episodes. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. So I had an idea, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I did. So George Pransky's book that came out in the second half of last year is called Life is a Metaphor. And it's a collection of his metaphors that he's put together in a really lovely book. And if you're on YouTube now, you can see me showing up, showing the a copy to the screen. And, you know, it's... um. This book, clearly, this version of the book is is one that I've kept to give out to somebody because the one that I kept for me is far much, far more thumbed than this, and it's dog-eared, and it's a little, well, it's a less, less pristine than this. Um, anyway, I'll get to the point. There was um, one of the metaphors in this struck me a few weeks ago um, when his wife mentioned, Linda mentioned it to me, and I went, oh, I need to look at that again. So I thought this would be a fun one to read out, and then we'll, you and I could chat about it. Sounds good. Yeah. This one's called The Clunker and the Classic. And if you have a copy at home and you want to read along, it's on page 23. So if you want to pause and dig out your copy, then uh, now is a good time to press pause. Page 23 of Life as a Metaphor by George S. Pransky. The Clunker and the Classic. One morning, a man was heading out the door for work. His state of mind was low. He hadn't slept well the night before, and he was fighting with his wife. He'd forgotten to make breakfast and had spilled toothpaste on his favorite shirt. He was getting into his car as his new, as his new neighbor walked by. Nice ride, the neighbor said, nodding to the man's car. The man thought about his his rusted hubcaps, and the crack in the windshield he'd been meaning to fix. He could also see the car was due for a paint job. His neighbor must be crazy to compliment his ride, or maybe he was being rude. This old clunker, the man said. This thing's a piece of garbage. The next morning, the man was in a better mood. He and his wife had made amends. He'd slept great, and had time to make his breakfast for, for his family. He was excited to start his day. 
As he was getting into his car, he remembered what his neighbor had said. He looked down at his car. It was like looking at a different car. He realized how well it had held up over the years. My neighbor was right, the man thought to himself. I'm so lucky to have this classic car. Our state of mind changes how we view our reality. The end. I don't know. To me, that says so much in a very simple metaphor about the exact same vehicle in this instance, the exact same thing, this car. And with a different state of mind, our relationship to the identical thing is totally different. How we feel about it, what we think about it, totally different. And as simple as a story that is, it's so profound. And that's something um, I didn't understand for years and years and years. So when I'm going to... idea. I'm going to put you on the spot though. Okay. Can you give um, like a living example of when you've noticed that for yourself? Yeah, me. Me. The clunker and the classic and all the other words I've had for myself over the years. So the entity that I've made up that was given the name Win Morgan at birth my relationship with myself also has a state of mind, is defined by state of mind. So sometimes I'm okay with myself sometimes. Most of the time I'm not thinking of myself and sometimes I can't abide myself, can't stand myself. And I haven't changed. I'll change my socks, right? But that's it. Okay, and underwear and other clothes, okay, and I'll wash and, you know, I'll trim my beard and brush my teeth. But the relationship I've had with myself is, to me, the prime example of where I didn't know that state of mind determined my view of myself. You know what I noticed about my state of mind? I do the same thing, of course, as what you just said. And of course, is the metaphor. But something that I noticed like recently is my state of mind. I have these like huge clues, right? Because you don't always notice your state of mind, right? There are these clues that are very um, like go-tos for my low state of mind. They pretty much drive my partner crazy, but I tend to throw everything into one box and generalize things. Like you always this, depending on my mood or whatever the subject is, right? It's always this, it's we're not this, or I don't create space for anything else other than that. I've just grabbed it all, all of the experiences of however long, right? And I put them into one box and I'm like, here, this is how things are. And it's usually one of my biggest hints that I'm off or that I have a low state of mind is when I start to like, just generalize everything. Every interaction is this or, you know, and then when I'm not, 
there's this space between like having these thoughts about something and then remembering that it's not all the time. It's not all of everything. Or that maybe that thought isn't true at all. Mm. Like there's some, there's this like space that I seem to not have when I'm in a low, a low state of mind. It lack that's what it, it lacks space for something else. For the possibility that it's not true or that it's not every time. Yeah. And that same thing will, as to your point, to your metaphor from the book, that same topic or that same situation, there's so much space around it that I'm, I can see all the ways it's not true. Mm. And maybe sometimes is, but not all of them. Now, you know, my memory is not particularly good these days, right? So I'm wondering, right? Because remember when I, apparently, I kept talking about my thumb every every week (laughs) for two months. And I thought, geez, I'm pretty sure I've only mentioned this once, right? So the reason I'm saying this now, have I talked about my passport going missing yet? Your passport? Yeah. No. Okay. So this is genuinely just in case. All right. So a few weeks ago, my passport went missing. Um, I was picking up a car rental, a car hire in downtown Seattle to drive up to La Corner. I don't know, maybe four weeks ago, something like that. And I don't know, it's about a 15 minute walk from my hotel to where the car rental place was. And it had been snowing. I was tired. I was a little bit irritable. Beautiful morning, but as I was dragging my um, my wheelie luggage through, um, I don't know, the half a mile through downtown Seattle to to see where my place was, and I took a wrong turning or two because I didn't want to be, always be staring at the map on my phone. I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to bump into anything. And I get to the car rental place, already feeling a little bit, I don't know, disheveled. And not in the best frame of mind, and I knew it. I was tired, and you know my back was all sweaty. I had a ski coat on because it was cold outside, but I'd been moving, and I was warm on the inside, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm there at the office. There's a there's a longer version of this story. So if you're already thinking this is long, geez, I could make this last an hour, right? But the bit of specifically about my passport going missing is that as we're finalizing all the details for me to sign everything to me to get the car, to get the heck out of there and then drive the 80 miles North up to La Corner. The guy behind the desk said, I'd like to see your passport as well, please. The system's asking for it. I said, yeah, sure. Okay. I know where my passport's kept. It's in the same little gray wallet and it's going to be one of three pockets, either a specific pocket on my bigger roll bag or one of two pockets in my, um, over the shoulder, kind of like rucksack, small rucksack thing. No problem, he said. But given the fact I've already said this, this story is called the missing passport. You can guess what happens next. It ain't in one of those three pockets. And um, I then remember, wait, I've got a photograph of the um, passport on my phone. 
Hey, so I say to the guy behind the desk with the photograph of it, oh, that'll be fine. That's all I need. I wish you'd have told me. He said, well, I didn't think of it. Anyway, here you go. Meanwhile, is it okay if I keep looking? Because I'm a little bit worried now. I want to fly home in a week's time. <laughs> I've got a week to get a passport. Ah, right. Anyway, I, I take everything of my luggage apart in this office and the rental car place. I phone the hotel. The hotel, very kindly, the front desk of the hotel, go up to my room and checked. I've not left it. And I thought, okay, if it is somewhere, this is where I think it'll be not there. Ten minutes I was on hold for that. Meanwhile, I'm still rummaging through my entire two bags that I have. Can't find it. I'm going, okay, so I've got a choice now. It's not in the hotel. It's in one of two places. It's either gone, not good, or I need to look at it. I need to look through my luggage properly. And when I get to the hotel up in La Conner, I'll unpack properly and then just go everything with, with a tooth comb and I'll see if it's there or not. But I'm rattled. Mentally, I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling rattled because it was a little bit more than flustered, right? I'm now going, wait a minute. I don't know how anyone gets a passport if they're overseas and has lost it. I mean, I know it, it can happen, but you know, what, are, what do I do? All this was going through my mind. Meanwhile, that kind of very warm, sweaty back, because I've got a ski coat on, because of how cold it was outside, is now getting worse. And my, my mind is going so fast. And I realize I can't do any more right now. So just put the stuff in the car, take a breath, and go. And drew up to the hotel. And it was in one of those pockets all along. One of the original three pockets? And the one that if I had to put money on, which of the one of the three it would be, it would be in the one I said. It was the first one I looked at. It was just deep in there underneath all the other stuff that I put in there. But of mm. course, in my state of mind, I wasn't capable of looking properly. Mm. I didn't see what was there because of my state of mind. Heck of a reminder. Mm. And of course, I laughed heartily at myself, which is not always how I respond to my <laughs> uh, errors of the past. Often I would give myself a very stern talking to that would you know, last anywhere between two days and two weeks. And in this instance, I just laughed. I went, see what state of mind can do? Not when Morgan's an idiot. State of mind's a tricky thing. It's what it does. <laughs> Stops me seeing what was always there. It's not as eloquent as the classic and the clunker. However, it's real. So the clue, as you mentioned it earlier, you get clues. Yeah, my clue was... Not a time to go out there and snipe at the guy behind the desk, nor snipe at myself right now. Maybe I'll just need to settle first and then take a breath, drive up, and then take stock. It's a good one to know, because I don't know if I've always had that knowing that that would be the wisest course of action. I've not always known that. And at some point, I'm pretty sure I'll forget again. Pretty sure. I can give you um, another hint, one of my hints. I become absolutely certain that something is a problem that I need to fix. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so certain. <laughs> and my mind immediately goes to solving the problem, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. The problem that I've decided that it is. Yeah. It's another good hint. Something looks like a problem that I need to now focus all my energy on and all my thought and solve that problem. Looks like something and, and it looks like a really good time to be talking about it <laughs> with whoever wants to listen. Yeah, that's another one. It's another one of my hints of my state of mind. So can I ask you something about that? Yeah. What happens to the problem when your state of mind has lifted? Well, that's a good question. Number one, there's no longer a sense of urgency. That's kind of fallen off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it no longer looks like a problem that I need to solve. Sometimes it just looks like information that that maybe I tuck away until there's something to do. Yeah. It doesn't, if I'm, you know, really kind of like in a elevated, really frame of mind, then I, I feel support. Like every sense of that, whether it's people or resources or whatever, all of a sudden I'm very aware of all the support available and and I can't always seem to access that feeling that there's a problem anymore. Like what seemed very solid, I, I'm like, wow, I wonder why I felt like I really needed to take care of that right then. And it looked like it needed a solution right then. You know, urgency, that's another hint. If something feels really urgent. It's not to say, though, that when my state of mind is better, that I'm not addressing things in a timely way. Yeah. It just doesn't have a, a feeling of urgency to it. It's just something I'm taking care of because it makes sense in that moment. Yeah. Just looks and feels completely different. I'm very solid when I'm low. It doesn't have movement or space, like I said. It's like a, a brick wall that I'm up against. As solid as a brick wall, yeah. <laughs> Which says so much about how real and how powerful things, you know, our perspective of things and the way that we see our lives, like as we're kind of creating that experience. That it could look so real, feel so real. Which is so amazing about, you know, when we start to look in this direction, you know, of how our experience of life works. Mm. Or, you know, before I started to look in that direction and see something true about that, it didn't, you know, it didn't look like a low state of mind. When it doesn't look that way, whatever we're doing or saying because of that, it's almost like 
there's no other possibility because that's the way it truly looks. Mm. And so saying that or doing that or, you know, responding in that way, it really does take the possibility of other things completely out of the equation and understanding how it works. It doesn't solve anything. It just opens up for a possibility of something else. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean we never run into that or ever feel that way again. It just creates this space of possibility, I think. That either it is temporary or that a solution will be there on the other side, or maybe I just don't have to respond right this second. Yeah, like it just creates more possibility, I think. I don't know, does that make any sense? Huge amount of sense. Yeah. One thing that one of my clues is, I don't think there is such a thing as a problem in a higher state of mind. I think it just doesn't exist. Now, I, 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 I know that, but geez, I, elusive. Rarely does it look that way. And at the same time, given what you've just said, yeah, I, I don't think there are such things as problems. I think the fact of a problem is all in the seeing of it. My seeing of it, which is a function of state of mind and nothing else ever. There are still things to be done. You're right. Yeah, I think that. So my next trip on a plane will be to Florida for the Under the Noise Retreat. Lots <laughs> of places remaining as of right now, as of time of recording. And we do mean that there are a few places remaining, so a um, bit of hustle. Um, if you want to come, it's going to be an awesome event. But it, it would be like I was kind of looking at the the tickets and it would be a little cheaper if I got a connection via Philadelphia or Chicago to come to Tampa. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at the connections and it was a change of terminal. And then I'd be flying back into a different airport back in the UK and stuff. And it was all just at some point, it just looked confusing. I went, oh, Jesus, oh, I could get this really badly wrong. And I went, wait, how many times have I flown and changed terminals, got connections, or gone, it's not a problem when they'll be, you know, there, it'll be fine. It'll all be fine. There isn't a problem with any of it. Now, I can categorically say the truth of that from somebody who innocently flew back to the wrong airport once, to London. So I left Heathrow, and my, I drove to Heathrow, my car's at Heathrow in the car park. No, I drive out, I, I go out via Gatwick Airport, which is about, I don't know, 40, 45 miles south, and it takes about an hour to get there. And because it's not a direct route on the on the on the roads so i drive out i I take the car drive the car down to gatwick leave the car at gatwick and um i'm back on the plane at the end of the week and i'm looking out the window of the plane as they're coming into land going this is a funny route to take down to gatwick we never come over central london to get back to gatwick and i go 
this is weird. And then uh, over the announcement comes, and we'll be shortly landing at Heathrow. And I'm going, do they change which air? Why, why are we landing in Heathrow? My car's in Catwick. So I, I look at my paper ticket, because it was at a time when it wasn't all on the app and stuff. Look at my ticket. Oh, it's meant to be in Heathrow. How come I didn't realize that until now? My car's in Catwick. Now, I don't live far from Heathrow. I live a bit of a distance from Gatwick. It's a 90-minute drive. I'm going, how the hell? <laughs> First of all, did I make this mistake? And how on earth am I going to get from here to there to then get my car? And, of course, I'm giggling to myself, thankfully, as opposed to anything else, thinking this is a prime idiotic thing to have done. But it wasn't a problem because, of course, there are ways of getting from Heathrow to Gatwick. I just need to define how. Yeah, and it was a really late night, and I got home, you know, three hours later than I would have done otherwise. Oh, well. Didn't make much of a difference beyond probably feeling a little bit um, tired the next day, but I was probably more amused the next day than tired because I just thought that's a classic error to make. That wasn't a problem. Anyway, I find that funny. Still to this day, and it's probably 10 years ago. And my mother would sometimes bring that one up if I sort of say, oh, geez, well, that was, that was a funny one. My mother's a classic mamma. She goes, at least I didn't travel back to the wrong airport. <laughs> yeah, people have dined out on that mistake quite a while over the years. It's funny. But the point I'm making is anything can look like a problem depending on the state of mind that we're in. And when our state of mind is higher, problems don't exist. Find a mode of transport to Gatwick from Heathrow. Get to the right place. Pay the ticket. Get on the bus. Wait until you arrive. Get off the bus, and then the shuttle will take you to the car park and drive home. Not a problem. Logistics, not a problem. So what turns logistics into a problem is state of mind? the illusion that state of mind can create. That's, I think, more accurate. I still, when I'm in a low mood, think that anything that I think has to do with either someone else or something else or the topic, like when I'm in a low mood, it doesn't look like a thinking problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not, it doesn't look like it's only telling me about where my state of mind is. Yeah. Which when I'm really clear, that's the only thing. Yeah. And it's such a gift in this life to have that as one of our, I don't know, you really wouldn't call it one of your senses, but the fact that you feel that that it feels low, that it feels problematic, like a brick wall that has no space, that the only thing that's it's saying is, oh, hey, you're, you're caught up. Like, that's it. I would love to say I use that gift <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, in a, in a very, like, you know, for its intended purpose. Yeah. I would love to say that that's what I do. Maybe one day. 
Maybe one day that's all it will look like. Well, I'd imagine sometimes it has looked like that. Sometimes um, looked, I'd imagine. Well, if I'm low and I'm generalizing, then that never happens when. <laughs> that's what it sounds like in my head, right? If I'm low. Yeah. No, I never get it. I never get that. I'm always, you know, never and always and every time. Yeah. But I was listening to um to a podcast that I haven't even finished yet because I kept going back and rewinding it on things. I was like, ooh, that, you know, and I would go back. I haven't even finished it yet. And I'll put a link for those people that are listening or watching. I'll put a link to it so you can, if you're interested, you can listen. But it was with uh, Marina Galan. And I, I don't remember her exact words. She said something about that if this were a discipline, like looking in this direction and that if it were a discipline for her, it would be to surrender sooner. Mm. Like when we start to sense that we're caught up or something, to surrender sooner to wisdom, to whatever else shows up, just to the knowing that we're getting ramped up and started and whatever. I mean, those weren't her words. That was my... Those are my words, but I love that. I let go sooner. Not to see sooner when, to like notice that you're getting caught up and surrender to life, maybe. And let go is much easier once we've noticed. Yeah. Oh, lovely words. Well, and noticing is, I think sometimes I undervalue noticing. And yet, if I didn't notice at all, like use that kind of power of consciousness, it would just pass by. Yeah. Or I would make a choice and go that way or say something or do something. I think I deeply undervalue our gift and our ability to notice changes everything really it does like mm. even if we notice and then completely ignore it <laughs> there was a noticing there and and then you start to you know get your get a feel for that to notice it to be aware of it Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, I just said it, it, it is, I think. Yeah. All I wanted to say was that. Noticing without judgment. Mm. And I know we've mentioned that on previous episodes. Because if we notice and judge, then look, we're not noticing anymore. <laughs> we're not in the surrendering bit that you yeah. just brought up. Marina's point. No, we're back in the you know a self-blame recrimination game, which is yeah. only ever going to happen if we forget that we are a human being, and that's how state of mind works. We're taking life personally because 
And while I do, and I can take anything personally, and I do, and I can fall for the trick of what happens in a low state of mind consistently, there's absolutely no perfection in anything that I do. Yet, at the same time, noticing that that's human being and I happen to be one. It's the end of the sentence right there. Thank you. As always, enjoyed this conversation. You've been listening to Kate Roberts and Wynn Morgan on this week's episode of Under the Noise. And um, if you want to find out more about the forthcoming retreat, we'll put a link wherever you found this this podcast. And, uh, and we've got a couple of places left. So if you want to come along, then let us know. And uh, might meet you in person very soon. And if not, then let us know your thoughts, comments, questions based on anything that you've heard today or in other episodes that you've listened to. And your feedback's always welcome. And if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about in the future, then again, just let Kate or I know our details are easy to find too, wherever you found this podcast. I wish you a wonderful week. Speak to you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at kateroberts.coaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.